0: So in the last few minutes, Wayne, let's let's uh, uh, pivot a little bit and talk about sort of what happens now. When you were diagnosed with Nash with scarring or fibrosis, what did the hepatologist recommend for treatment? Especially since there are no approved treatments yet, where did you turn once you finally had the diagnosis straight?
1: Well, that's that was the thing there. Since there was no treatment, it was <clears throat> it was all about lifestyle. Uh, my wife and I. Uh, Unlike so many people, uh, we actually flipped the switch in his office that day, and we did change our lifestyle. We went home, uh, we cleaned out our our refrigerator and our pantry, and and we started over. And uh, you know, we we started reading the labels, and we started looking at uh, the, the sugar and the and the different fats, and and we started. Eating a lot of vegetables and all of the things that went along, it, it really was an adoption of what is generally called the Mediterranean diet, because we uh, focused on on the vegetables, nuts, seeds, and and uh, fish, as opposed to uh, beef and and saturated fat uh, sources. So it became from that day on. Uh, when our our big event is to to have a different salad um but it 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 really is a, a decision it's a process of a thousand times a day you make little decisions that in themselves don't matter much you know do you have that cracker or do you have a nut do you have uh something sweet uh some confection, or do you go have an apple uh It's those kind of trade offs it doesn't We have a very fulfilling uh, uh diet. We don't struggle now with uh with hunger we We really don't have uh, hunger pangs. we don't diet we eat as much as we want. But, you know, we eat with things that have a lot of fiber, uh, lots of vegetables that are non-starchy but have plenty of bulk, because a lot of that bulk is what uh, helps you uh, feel full. And we do, uh, I do take 60 milliliters a day of uh, extra virgin olive oil and uh, extra omega-3 because we recommend those two unsaturated uh, oils as the best source of your, of your oil uh, uh, diet component. And that's how we do it. But it is those many decisions these days. To, are you going to knowingly eat something that's better for your liver? Uh, whenever you make a make a dietary decision,
0: and so how do you handle the holidays? I mean, this year, of course, in the context of COVID, everything is thrown, you know, up in the air. But when we return to our old old normal instead of the new normal, and we're gathering with family, and or when you're going to restaurants, what do you do then, Wayne? <laughs>
1: um, well, we're we're careful. We're not. Uh, doctrinaire about it Uh, we'll go out to dinner uh, but we're careful as to what we eat and we avoid the supersize idea so it's a lot of portion control when we go out Uh, but we're sensitive uh, as to which of the things on the menu are are uh, better for us Um, so it's not that we can't socialize and and uh, be with people but it's it's a matter of uh, of just being aware that that you are creating stress for your liver if you uh, it, it's a dose thing your liver can handle uh, things quite well as long as you don't give it too high a dose of something that it's it struggles with and and so we haven't found that to be uh, particularly hard for us. It is a little hard sometimes for our kids because they worry about what they feed us, but <laughs> it is.
0: Well, awesome. uh, you, can, you can always make those decisions, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> so maybe, yeah. it, Wayne, uh, let's, let's talk for a minute about the Fatty Liver Foundation uh, website because I think it's a rich source of information. How do we find it? What's on there and uh, what can we expect?
1: It's uh, fattyliverfoundation.org, <clears throat> and there's a lot of uh, different kinds of information. We cover, um, you know, the general discussions, but we'll take you into a deep dive in the, the science if that's what you want. Uh, we try to package the science information in a f- a more uh, patient-friendly version, but the things that we put on there uh, have research behind them, and we avoid uh, we avoid the superfood arguments and, and the supplement um, uh, arguments and that kind of thing. And we're also uh, very encouraging about clinical trials. One of the goals that we have, which we hadn't really talked about, is uh, is the need for patients to participate in clinical trials, so we're involved with uh, encouraging screening of asymptomatic patients uh, and educating them on participating in trials because that's the only way we're going to get these new drugs that we need to uh, to actually have treatment. So all of that is on there. Uh, <laughs> I'm told there's too much information sometimes, but I I just don't believe that.
0: Well, I mean, people can take what they want from it, but I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, clinical trials. I was gonna emphasize that point earlier in talking about patient awareness. If patients don't know they have a diagnosis, they certainly can't help us uh, advance the field. And the most critical way to do that on the patient side right now is to participate in trials of new agents. Um, Just to remind everyone, uh, drugs are tested, and this was true also for the COVID vaccines as well, through drugs are tested through three phases. Phase one, which is safety. Phase two, which is seeing if it works, but on a smaller scale. And phase three, which is a a larger scale trial that if successful could lead the FDA to approve the drug and and market the drug by whatever company is making it. So uh, without getting into too much detail, suffice to say there are a large number of drugs that are in or moving to phase two. There's a handful of drugs in phase three, um, and we're quite hopeful. Uh, Right now, uh, I wouldn't begin to guess or handicap which are likely to win the race to be first, although we don't need necessarily drugs to be the first one to market. We just need them to be the best in terms of drugs that are well tolerated that um, improve the histology of the liver because the FDA wants to know uh, if the drug is actually improving scarring in the liver or resolving steatohepatitis or NASH and because they believe that it's likely that if you improve the fibrosis or remove the steatohepatitis, the patient is much less likely to go on to more serious complications of liver disease. (laughs) Um, And so uh, we're at a very uh, critical time now, both in terms of trying to recognize and enroll patients in clinical trials, uh, and then establishing readouts or markers that tell us whether the drug is effective besides just liver biopsy. And ultimately we hope that will translate into new treatments for patients. And I'm extremely optimistic. There's no question uh, that from where we've been, uh, we've made uh, leaps and bounds. And I am very optimistic that within the next two to three years, if not sooner, we will see at least one or more drugs approved. And then, like many treatments, uh, they will continue to get better. We may start to see combination drugs. Uh, we may develop or we expect to develop tests that avoid the need for liver biopsy to determine if the drug is being effective. So, um, you know, uh, I, all of this really relies on patient awareness uh, and uh patient recruitment and clinical trials, as well as the providers uh, being knowledgeable and referring patients to specialists where appropriate. So lots of things need to happen. Most of them are already happening. Um, and I think we're moving in the right direction. Um, let me also just say that the uh, COVID pandemic hasn't uh, demonstrably slowed anyone's interest in getting these drugs to patients. There have been some delays in clinical trials, but I've been actually remar- you know, remarkably impressed by how much these trials have tried to continue to press on. And we know that uh, you know if we're, if we're fortunate in eliminating the pandemic, there's still gonna be NASH and that's gonna to need to be tackled with. So uh, I, I would still say that uh, I'm optimistic about the future of NASH therapies uh, that are built on solid science and engagement of patients and organizations like the Fatty Liver Foundation. I think uh Wayne, we've kind of uh come to the end of our of our conversation. Any final points you'd like to make?
1: I uh I, I wanted to thank you for taking the time, and I agree with you that this is a really, really exciting time uh for us because we believe that we are going to see therapies, and as you said, not everybody can do what uh what we have done. Uh, So we do need those very badly, but they're on the horizon. We can see the science is is bringing them to us. And and as patients, uh, we're just very, very pleased by what we see coming out of the science community.
0: Oh, that's great. So am I. And I think, you know, if we have effective NASH therapies, it's hoped and expected that at least some of them will improve the risk of the other complications uh, like cardiovascular disease. And so... Uh, for many reasons. Uh, I think the future is very hopeful and we just need to press on and get there as quickly as we can. Absolutely. Until then, Wayne, please stay safe. Let's keep in touch. And uh, I look forward to hearing more, not only of your journey, but of the success of the Fatty Liver Foundation. Congratulations and thanks to you. It's a tremendous contribution. You're making a real difference.
1: Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate that. Look forward to it.
0: Right, stay well.